0: So we will hear in a couple of weeks' time, around the time of Pentecost, the Great Commission, that we are sent out in Jesus' name. So we're sent out to continue the work of Jesus. Uh, His mission was relatively short, as in the visible mission anyway was three years. But the mission entrusted to the church is to continue until the end of of time. But these missions, while distinct, are completely united. As in our job in the church is to bring Christ. It sounds really, really obvious and something that we meditated there yesterday because uh, of our first reading from the Acts of the Apostles where uh, Peter and John see this lame man uh, at the beautiful gate, as it was called, and they say to him, he's, he's begging, and they say to him, you know, gold and silver we have not, but what we do have we will give you. In the name of Jesus, Walk like and this is the mission of the church like it's not that we're not to help uh, charitable organizations of course we can and we should and all that kind of thing is done has been done The church set up uh, hospitals and schools and dug wells and everything uh in, in africa and throughout the world so all those kind of things are important as well but primarily our job is to give jesus and if we don't do that we fail regardless of what else have we, we've done if we've just you know even and this might sound a bit harsh but even if we've satisfied the, the, the physical hunger of people, but haven't given them Christ, we failed. And that, that's, that's, that might sound very politically incorrect in, 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 in today's ears, but our job is to give Jesus because, as I say, you can't, you can't preach uh, to the hungry, you know what I mean? If you're preaching Jesus to the hungry, that's not really going to work either. You do have to uh, satisfy that also, also their physical needs. But if we stop at their physical needs, we have failed, because what's ultimately important is the salvation of a person's soul. So we have to do we have to do both. Okay, as I say, people are starving. I'm preaching about the wonders of you know Jesus' miracles and that people are they're falling unconscious due to you know malnutrition. Okay, you have to obviously satisfy those needs first. But if, my point is, if we stop there, then our church is just humanitarian aid. Why do you need the gospel at all? Why do you need the sacraments? Why do you need grace? Why do you need mission just give them food and, and leave them like, i mean so our mission goes beyond uh, just the, the the physical or or, or the visible it, it's both and be careful i'm not saying ignore the poor of course not um as i say throughout the world for since the beginning of of, of christianity uh we have seen the need to feed the hungry and clothe the naked and visit those in prison and so on uh, in in response to the lord's call but primarily our goal is to make him known. And if we don't do that, we have failed. So that's why today then in in the the, the reading, which continues where yesterday's reading left off, uh, they see Peter and John heal this man and the the people rush towards them, okay? Because these are obviously the people that they have seen work this miracle were Peter and John, so the people rush towards them and they're excited and delighted and uh, Peter just responds, why are you surprised at this? Why are you staring at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or by our own holiness? You are Israelites. And it is the God of Jacob, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, who has glorified his servant, Jesus. The same Jesus you handed over. And when disowned in the presence of Pilate, after Pilate decided to release him, so on and so forth. Okay, point being, why are you looking at us? Uh, as if we had worked this miracle through our own ability or through our own holiness, Jesus worked through us. It was Jesus who did it. So uh, our 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 mission today, and dare I say, your mission at home or wherever you are, is to bring Jesus. Right now, uh, I was talking to to some people recently, and this is a an issue which comes up a lot, uh, especially in. Uh, Families where maybe mom or dad or both are, are, are practicing and are, and are good Catholics, but are worried about their children who aren't practicing. Maybe the kids are in their mid-twenties or, or thirties and just have, have drifted away. Okay, there's a couple of things to say here that, 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 that are, I think, important for us to understand, um, for, important for us to know. That on the, on the grand scheme of things, the church is definitely going through a period of renewal. Because, and it needs to, it needs to, as in the the teachings don't need to change, but we do need to, to change how we present them. We need to present the teachings of the gospel with so much conviction and love and compassion and joy and smiling. And we have to actually look redeemed. We have to actually look saved if we're going to attract anyone into the church at all. So the church needs to be a place of welcome, a place of joy, a place where when you come in, everyone is singing, everyone is answering, everyone is praying, everyone is receiving with reverence. So we haven't changed a single thing about church teaching or liturgy or anything. We're just actually doing it, you know what I mean? We just need to just do it, okay? Uh, th- th- there are always gimmicky theological ideas. If we change this and change that and change the other teaching, that'll fill the church. Rubbish, has never worked in the history of the church. Okay, do, l- look it up, all right? Look up every single new fandangled idea that came out, never worked. Uh, what authenticity and f- fidelity to the Lord does work. So this is what we need to kind of be really convinced about and have the sense of urgency about. So in our own family situations, you have a son or daughter or multiple who aren't practicing. Pray for them. Do not worry. Pray for them. Worry is useless. Worry is only going to have you lose weight, probably lose hair color, uh, gain a couple of wrinkles, make life somewhat more miserable for your husband. Right? Don't worry Worry, worry is useless. Worry, worry, worry changes nothing. Okay, uh, what we need is trust, right? Trust. So we entrust our children to God, and I pray and I do the chaplet and maybe I fast for them and all these other things. But I remain joyful, right? Because God is a loving Father, and I will pray for my children, who He loves even more than I do. He loves them even more than you do, and you love them quite a lot. Okay, he loves them even more. So you pray. but If you worry, the problem is, <laughs> if you worry, right? Then when little Johnny comes home, now Johnny, are you going to mass, uh, ma'am? Sherlock, I mean, I can't even go to mass now anyway. The church is closed. But I mean, uh, I wasn't really going before anyway. So like, I mean, it's not like I miss anything. Uh, Johnny, Johnny, you have to go to mass, Jenny. You you'll go to hell, Johnny. We can't have you going to hell. I can't, Jane, I'll, I'll have failed as a parent if you go to hell, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. You have to go to mass, like, ma'am. Would you just lay off? You know what I mean? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Whereas, big smiling Johnny, my boy, good to see you, my dear son. How are you keeping? <coughs> and he says, Grand, you go, and, and so you know, are you watching any online masses? Ah, ma'am, I haven't really had time. And then you can recommend one or two that he joins you if he wishes. And we're not saying if you wish as if we don't think it's important. Of course we know it's important. But if you force him They'll balk, they'll pull back, they'll buck. If you've ever been a farmer, right? You try to force a cow into a corner, right? They'll kick and heist and, and, you know, it doesn't work. Whereas you put a bucket of meal in the corner and they'll just go themselves, you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing where we have to show them the beauty of the faith and let them choose it for themselves. In the meantime, we don't worry. We absolutely pray for them. We absolutely (coughs) witness by our lives that our faith makes us more joyful and not more worried it makes us more joyful it makes us freer rather than just as worried and concerned and buzzing around the place as everyone else out there no our faith makes us different because we have a faith in a loving father who will never let us down and something that we meditated a couple of weeks ago as well uh, was this idea of Noah in his family scripture tells us that Noah was a just man a God-fearing man in in a world of of chaos and sin. It does not say that Noah's family was just. It says that Noah was just. And because of Noah's faith, love, fidelity to God, his family was saved. This is also, we see it in in, in the New Testament on a couple of occasions where, in the centurion, for example, uh, when he, as a pagan, right, so as a non-Jew, discovers the lord and expresses his great faith in him he and his family are baptized same with the uh, saint paul when he's in prison and then the, the prison gates are, are opened and the uh, soldier's about to kill himself and the apostles stop him and he and his family are baptized so point being our faith has an impact on our families as well so fear is useless what we need is trust what we need is trust so then through our own lives and through our own witness, what we give isn't our worry. We don't pass on our worry to our kids. And don't pass on ourselves to our kids, but pass on Jesus. All right, it's like the first reading. Pass on Jesus. We give Jesus, not ourselves. We give Jesus. Uh, I was just reading this um, this book here, St. Paul. St. John Paul the Great, His Five Loves by Jason Everett. Very, very good book. But he speaks about uh, this phenomenon, this global phenomenon of uh, the world youth days, right? So when the Pope would gather, huge crowds would turn up, right? Often the greatest crowds ever assembled in that state, in that country, or maybe even in the world for a religious event. So in, in the Philippines, for example, between five and six million, that's more than the population of Ireland gathered for the closing mass in one place, for a mass. A mass how do you, what, what, do, what do six million people even look at? I mean, like one t- little hall huddled around a little TV screen. What do you, like six million people? How many TV, what's, what area is that? I don't know. That's half the Tipper area. Like it's, that's absolutely huge. Six million people in one place. Crowd control, my foot. Anyway. But anyway, so the like, same with, with almost all of the, the World duties, Days, the crowds that came were underestimated. You know, when the Pope famously went to Denver and Colorado, they were expecting about twenty twenty five thousand 25,000 people, and it was a half a million that turned up. It was, it was a huge thing at the time for, for, for Catholic America. Anyway, John uh, Jason Everett writes, as regards John Paul II's success in these World duties. Days, While some credited charisma, others assumed his popularity among the youth was just a case of youngsters being starstruck by a celebrity figure. But the reason millions flocked to him was not because they viewed him as a superstar. No, they came because they wished to see Jesus. The more the world deprives the young people of what is true and good and beautiful, the more earnestly they will yearn for it. The vacuum of modern secularism is actually a fragrant invitation for young people to rediscover the sacred. I'll read that last line again. The vacuum of modern secularism is actually a fragrant invitation for young people to rediscover the sacred. The more superficial the world becomes, the more empty the world becomes, the more fearful and lonely and isolating the world becomes, the greater the desire in hearts will be for the truth, for Jesus. The way, the truth, and the life. So we can be confident that if our message is is packaged well enough, if it's presented well enough, if it's presented as something freeing and joyful, that it's actually magnetic. Because it is enough. Jesus is enough. Jesus is the answer. And so in this Easter season, the season of joy and hallelujahs, the season of resurrection, We pray for the renewal of the church. We pray for a rediscovery of the awesomeness of our sacraments and of a lived relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray also for those who are involved in renewing the church in whatever way, those involved in prayer groups and uh, catechetical groups and youth groups. We pray, Lord, for their work, which is somewhat impeded at the moment. Uh, it's, It's a lot more difficult now with restrictions and not being able to meet physically, Lord, but we ask that their efforts will be blessed. And that when the time for sowing and for reaping comes, that we may reap a rich harvest in your name and for your glory. Amen.